Welcome back to That's Kinda Wavy. We're your hosts. I'm Jill. I'm Nikki. And I'm Shaysel. So how are you guys? What's good? Um, uh, we're, I'm on an upswing. I feel like I said that a couple weeks ago because yeah, I, changed yeah, yeah. My med- I changed my meds again. So last week was kind of rough. <laughs> but this week, this morning, I had like a bad bitch awakening moment. I don't know if like, hell yeah, I'm sure you guys have had moments like that. And like everybody has had moments like that, or I hope people have, but like literally, of course I was like, I'm obsessed with Markiplier right now as a disclaimer. And I was watching this one like Markiplier video where his friend was like talking to him about how like Markiplier, his friend Ethan was saying like, you really inspire me. Cause like you really like wake up and like, it's such a cliche to give your like, Oh, wake up and, make every day like your best day like work your work really hard every single day and it's like that's not realistic but he was like I truly believe that you really do give your all and your best self to every single day and like that really inspires me and like I love seeing how passionate you are and stuff and Mark Blair actually started crying it was so sweet oh my god my little baby my little emotional baby but um so watching that I was like I can give my best every day I'm not doing that right now. And so then I was just like thinking about it. I was like, all the stuff I want to do, like I want to get like more successful on OnlyFans and like right now on Twitch, actually I'm making, um, I made like a new banner and I'm going to make like nice. uh, scenes, like a stream start starting soon, just like make that more professional. And like, um, I've just been really, I hit t- 10K followers on a, my second TikTok account. So that's good. Oh, um, yeah. So I'm just like, I have been this is this is old news that I've been like pussyfooting around doing shit to get shit done. I think part of it has been like a fear of failure now that I'm thinking about it because it's like what if I like try really hard to like be a content creator and I like fall on my face? That's so embarrassing. Whereas if I don't really try and it ends up working out, like oh, it just worked out. And I think like and that totally was like why I've been like being a little pussy about it. And so this morning I was just like, oh, actually, if I try, I could do this. Like I've like v- very much today been like, no, I could do this. Like I could Hell yeah. actually like be successful at this. Like I, I'm not expecting to be like obviously like not like Markiplier level or even like Cody Co level, like where a lot of people know them. But like I could make a living off this. I can do it. So I agree. Yeah. I, I have had a pussy popping day. And then when Chris came home for lunch, I had two two mental breakdowns at about two separate topics all within the span <laughs> of his lunch. <laughs> After both of them, I was like, but this morning I've been like, I felt really good. I'm good. Chris literally goes, oh, you could have fooled me. <laughs> oh my God. I was a dynamic woman. I know. Yeah, I was for like, real, your range. Keeping you on your toes. <laughs> one, of, one of the things I was crying about was that he finds, I was worried he finds me annoying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but so the fact of like standing there crying while he's like trying to have a break from work, like you find me annoying. <laughs> I was like laughing as I was crying because I was like, this is so annoying. Like that is annoying. Oh and so then he was like, la- like, it was one of those where it was like, I finished crying about the first topic and then I felt like 
the tears coming back. So I was like staring at him with like a closed mouth smile, like literally like trying to keep them all in. Cause I was like, I cannot cry again right now. Like I don't oh want to be crying. This is not a crying time. And they just like came out. And so I was like laughing as they came out and he was like, what is going on? Like, he's, like, what the fuck? he's like, are you okay? And like, just like you're, you find me annoying because you come home to relax and I talk to you and now I'm crying. And he was like, I mean, yeah, right now you're being kind of annoying, but I won't find you annoying. (laughs) But then I start crying harder and I was like, that's rational and you're allowed to not want to talk to me all the time. But also because sometimes I don't want to hang out with you, but also you should always want to hang out with me. (laughs) That's relatable. No, I fucking feel that, dude. I feel that. Like, because sometimes I'm like, oh my God, Chris, like, give me space. I want to be by myself. But like, how dare he? How dare he want space from me? Right. And also, when it's you, it's like, you can trust, at least this is what happens to me, you can trust that obviously you aren't actually annoyed by that person as a whole and you still love them. But like, if they're annoyed by me, can I trust that? everything yeah. is still fine he's about to break up with me then yeah, well right, and that's exactly what, what i did tell him after i like stopping crazy was um i can call for the record i can call myself crazy in those instances but if he he cannot call me crazy in those he's done it once and i ripped his head off i was like oh you want to <laughs> fucking see crazy <laughs> um, so, but <laughs> you want to see crazy <laughs> I was like, okay um I was like, in the future, if you have a day where you come home for lunch and you just want space and you want to just sit on your phone, tell me ahead of time. I'm fine with that. If you say like, hey, I want space today. What like gets me in my head and gets me butthurt is if I'm talking to you and then you're like, no, I want space because then it feels like it's like you want space from me right? because I annoyed you instead of like just wanting space in general because I'm okay with you wanting space. So hopefully – that solves that problem. So that's a good distinction. And I get that because it feels like if if it happened the way that you don't want it to happen, it feels like it's a response to you. Yeah, exactly. Like, to, yeah. Yeah. Especially because like it is I do also understand like during lunch when I would work like at the zoo, like I would be kind of quiet because that's just the time to like chill and like be on your phone. But like I work from home and I can only talk to the fucking cats so then when he comes home, I'm like, you know, so I do also like empathize with we have completely like when he's home, I'm like, OK, friend time and somebody to talk to and, you know, and like yeah. he's like, OK, time to like shut down for a minute. So. Right. Yeah. Little hiccup, but I'm doing good in general. <laughs> good. I'm glad you're on the upswing. I, yeah. I, I love that whole mentality. What you said about Markiplier made me think of the Markiplier video that we watched <laughs> in the test. I forgot about this part until right now. The part where he said, Jill, he said something about, how I can't, he was answering one of the questions and which like, for those who don't know, it's like a test that has, it like philosophical, psychological questions. And his response to one of them was saying that one day he just like decided basically like not. To, this isn't the wording, but like not to be, not to give time to the negative things anymore as much. Yeah. It, it just like decided, it's like, I know, like, I don't want that headspace to be my main headspace anymore. And I, that, what you said reminded me of that. And I also want to be more, more, I want to actively start choosing in the morning. Like, I, I don't want to give those things my time. Yeah. No, dude, I totally agree. There's what the question was, was would you rather never feel angry or never feel jealous? 
And so then he was saying like he worked really, really hard. He used to be an angry person. He worked really oh, hard yeah. in one way that he like worked on it was being like, why am I like interacting with these things that make me angry? Mm. Um, and I, I realized like <laughs> she said, that's what to you were. <laughs> that's the question that you were like, I cannot believe I'm about to say this, but how is a man teaching me about emotional things? Right now? <laughs> oh, literally, that was the question. <laughs> and I was like, no, I know. Like, that's what made that video is what made me fall head over heels because he's like connected with his emotions. But it really has made me think like, I really do revel in being angry sometimes or like feeling like indignant, which I think like to an extent, like, that's just some way that I get um, motivation, which sounds bad, but it's like, oh, if this person could do it, I can do it. I kind of, it goes into like the indignant thing, but I was like, why do I like, I just, I'll watch videos that I know are going to piss me off. Why do I do that? Like, why do I want to feel pissed off? But so we work on that. That's an interesting question. Yeah. What's your, my answer to that question, because everybody's asking, would be jealousy. Because I feel like anger, I can like, anger, I can like turn into like being a positive influence when I'm angry, but jealousy makes me like, like a shithead. I don't know how else to explain it. Like jealousy, like makes me like a shithead. Like I think we've talked about like, if somebody says like, oh, this concert was really fun and I'm like jealous, I couldn't go. I used to, this is something I've worked on is that I used to then like shit on it. Because it's like, no, it, I wasn't there, so it couldn't have been that fun. And so I would try to, like, basically ruin it for everybody. This is, like, when I was, like, a teenager. But, like, so as I've gotten older, I worked on it. Like, it's like I try to comfort myself by being, like, well, it wasn't that fun since I missed it. But it's, like, I should be happy for people having fun and stuff. But so jealousy, I just don't like the type of person that jealousy makes me feel inside, even though I'm better at not expressing it. So what's your guys' answer? What was the like? What was the specific wording again of the question? Was it was it? Would you struggle would more you, with it, or would you? Sorry, would you rather never feel jealous or never feel angry? Jill, do you have your answer? I feel like they're the same thing. Like they elicit the same reaction in me, so I don't really know what I would choose because I feel like jealousy like stems. I mean, it, they stem sort of from the same emotion. I think it's like. To me, because I definitely like, yeah, it's like when I get jealous, I get like kind of angry. But to me, it more was like as a reaction towards something. Like when I when something makes me angry, I can like cope with it and navigate through that. But when then something makes me jealous and therefore angry, I like can't navigate it. Does that make sense? So like you watching like injustice in the news, it doesn't make you jealous, but it makes you angry. And then I don't know what makes you jealous, but something makes you jealous like, would you rather not have, like, I guess, it, like, that trigger, would you rather never have a trigger of jealousy or a trigger of anger? I know my answer. What is it? I think mine's anger because I, like, when I experience jealousy, I experience it in a way that's still negative towards me. Like, I experience it in a, oh, I obsess, like, if I want to be someone, I obsess over that person and wanting to be them. And then that to me is, like, now I'm thinking about like probably the way I experience jealousy the most, which is still negative because it like takes me out of the present and my own life and makes me and doesn't it takes me away from like being grateful for what I have and everything and who I am. But it never elicits the same type of like negativity in me. But yeah, I like things irritate me and stuff. But like 
I'm really uncomfortable with my own anger because when I if I feel angry, it is rage. It's like it's like and it's the type of rage that then turns into a grudge. So then I'm like, fuck, I have to spend years working through this, which I'm trying to shorten the time that it takes me to work through those things, but and yeah. trying not to turn them into grudges. So I think if I could I'd rather not live with anger because I when I when I'm when I'm actually angry, like I, I don't know what to do with myself. I see that. I feel like I, yeah, I think I'd rather choose never to be angry because I feel like jealousy I don't know if you want shit that someone else has that can motivate you to get there yeah and I'd rather choose that feeling like that type of anger versus like actual anger because I feel like I also I tend to not I like never really feel angry but if I do it's like that deep anger that I'm like oh no I don't know how to handle this and that definitely makes sense because it's like the opposite for me. I like, well, I think we've talked about like as a teen, I was like an angry teenager. I was really like, that was like my main reaction to things was anger. And so I think that it's like, I'm because of that and having to work through it, I'm more comfortable in my anger because I know how to navigate it. I've learned. And like the jealousy is like, jealousy to me, I get, we've talked about how like anger, like is like a like dirty emotion or like shameful emotion um and like how I don't really see it that way because I like experience it so often I'm like well I, I, it can't be shameful because then my whole life is shameful but um, uh, to me like jealousy feels that way too like when I'm angry I like don't because I've worked on it I I know how to like keep it to myself or like channel it or something like that but when I'm jealous I like feel it makes me feel like like a bad person which I think is why it's like I don't like so it's it's I feel like we have the same reasoning just like opposite emotions it's just right. yeah it's just yeah. such a like deep thing that it's like ugh, I don't like what this is like pulling out of my deepest darkest side of me yeah. I completely agree with that because that is like specifically like you kind of said it better that's how I feel about the anger thing it's like it even though I don't act on those things, like the the thoughts that come up for me when I'm angry, when I'm actually angry and stuff and the feelings that I feel, I'm like, oh my God, I'm a bad person. So yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah. Yeah. Um, does, and does anyone wait. else have any updates in their yeah, life? Is totally Quick, on a... updates. Yeah. I, I love our little, I don't even want to call them tangents. This is just for conversations you know yeah. <laughs> and I love them I love yeah them. hopefully that was a interesting tangent to go I like no, that's the type was. of conversation I like having that's why I like that video so much yeah right because I like those kind of questions I agree but, I definitely yeah. agree oh my god it'd be cool if we took that I was just for like a podcast episode was like yeah I was I was just about to say that. That. yeah I can get the I mean we're gonna talk about this after the show but yeah. uh I can get the game because it's on steam I can get it we can find a way I can share my screen and we can all take yeah, it together for yeah. sure I'd be I'll down do for that, that. Um, updates on my life. Let me think. Well, I've had an absolutely god awful day, so that's <laughs> that's been my day today. Um, I started a full time job. It's been it's Whoa. been a lot. The training has been a lot, but like it's it's been good. I feel hopeful. It's I don't know if you've actually used this term on the podcast. Maybe you have, Nikki, but I know that we have talked about it. The whole like edging your life thing. Ever since you <laughs> put that word to it, I realized I have yeah. been doing the same for a long time with so many things, even like on a small scale, like a day-to-day scale and like a, a larger life scale. But 
for example, literally my whole life, like when I was in school or anything, this is also because of my ADHD. I couldn't stand when we had free time in classes to work on homework because I couldn't focus in that moment. It's like, I, this is not the moment for some reason in my mind, I, I'm like, this is not the moment for this. Like homework is to do at home. Like right now I can't do this in a classroom. And during training, when we have to, now that we're trying, starting to like rehearse some call stuff, I like having to do it in that moment. It's like, why are you guys making me practice right now? This is not the time. And then, if I'm, <laughs> but then I realized like, this is exactly the time. This is work. Like this is <laughs> when you should be doing this. Like, of course, like I should be happy that they're giving me this time to do this now. But in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'll deal with it later. And right. it's just so, yeah. And it's just so many things. So it's like, that's a very small example compared to like larger life things. But I've also done the same. I'm just like edging my life or before when I didn't have a sleep schedule and all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But like, cause the longer I edged on life, the more I could be irresponsible and stay with like my younger habits and whatever. So yeah, I've been thinking about that. Um, but yeah, so like life is interesting now in a different way, but I'm very, I am happy to have this job and like, it's, it's interesting having like a full, full ass time jobs, especially because like, we'll tell you guys more about this later, but like, if you want to do really well, you have to like sometimes work on weekends too, like at least pretty frequently the first year. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where I'm accepting, like it's, I find myself like I am a passionate person. I'm a very passionate person with like people in my, in my relationships, but I find myself in situations like never caring enough. And they made this comment today where it's like, you are like busting your ass in this job and you're only doing yourself a disservice if you're not giving it a hundred percent because like you're still doing the work, but you're not making the money or as much money as you could be or something. So it's like, I need to give this a hundred percent. Like I need to. Yeah. Um, no, though. So, yeah. Honestly, I'm like also, it sucks that you'll have to work on weekends and stuff, but I'm also like, for personal reasons, like happy to hear that your job is going to be kind of like that too, because it's going to be, I feel like part of the reason I have a hard time really dedicating to like work and like not just taking breaks and being social and stuff is because like the people around me, like Jill and Shelby have like very clean schedules and like Chris has a very clean schedule and stuff. And so it's hard for me to like, do that on my own be like oh no but I don't have a clean schedule and stuff like that and so like for you to also have like work that kind of is gonna like cut into your personal life which like sounds so mean but I just more mean of like we're gonna go through a similar journey and I'm like happy to have a buddy to figure that out with I'm glad you're saying that and that makes me feel better about it too because I was also thinking like oh people have like clean cut jobs for the most part because they bring that up here they said they say a lot it's not a regular nine to five job because if I'm not gonna do this all the time because I have I have to sacrifice somebody in order to also have a life, but the people who do really well. And I, at least my first year really want to focus on making money during this time. Like I'm going to frequently need to like even stay after hours and stuff a little bit. Like I'm not yeah. going to do it all the time, but like even working like an extra hour or two each night is like really going to make a difference. So I, I feel you on that. And I'm also glad that we're on this journey together, Nikki. So I get it. Yeah. Work buddies. Ooh, <laughs> love. What about you, Jill? Any life updates? It's, um, this is literally how it always goes, is that me and Chase I'll, like talk for 20 minutes, literally exactly 20 minutes now. And then Jill's like, I'm fine. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be rude, but it is like 9.15 also. So I'm like, okay. I'll just say I finished the Vampire Diaries. But yeah. So Yay, sad that you're done with that journey. <laughs> like, I, I'm happy. Oh, yeah. I'm not I'm not happy you're done with it because it was also like for me it was 
kind of like living through it again by you watching it. So now that you're done with it too, now it's like, even when I finished it, I'm like, oh, it's done. And then you started watching it and I'm like, hell yeah, it's back. And now, and now I'm like, oh, now it's done, done forever. Yeah. I mean, how I, many seasons are there? There's eight. So there, every season has 22 episodes. Yeah. It's so like there's like 200 show. episodes. Oh God. Love. Yeah. Um, If you want to be like tortured with the time and effort, watch it because it's good for it is good like a majority but there's some definite parts that they repeat plot lines and like almost exact dialogue over and over again it's so fucking annoying oh my god <laughs> they're like I would fuck say- we didn't want to do another season we have nothing planned let's just Somebody go find season three script and we'll do it again. <laughs> After you said that, I realized that show definitely repeats plot lines more than any other show I know. Because even I watched it over a long span because when I went to college, I like took a break for a little bit until I'd come home for breaks. And even then I was like, why does this sound so familiar? For So for you to watch it in like a, a much shorter period period of time, you really see how repetitive it is. And yeah, dude, it's yeah. insane. Like the same shit's like, this bitch is back again. <laughs> yeah i know i watched like two seasons in sunday monday and tuesday um and wednesday i guess it's today um but yeah i'm like the amount of times that i saw i feel like i saw the exact same scene happen (laughs) with damon and stefan classic and then oh my god do you do you remember who kai is that oh guy. yeah I he just kai. like randomly comes hot. back for the end and then he he's like calling stefan the wrong name he's saying stefan like i can't <laughs> tell if he was doing that like as a joke in the show or if that's if he literally thinks the character is named that i really and they hope that convince that him otherwise yeah they just stick like, cutting after the the, the director was like you know what what the yeah. fuck ever that's like Let's when they do the this. blooper and they keep saying it wrong and they're like oh my fucking god okay this is the 20th time we're just gonna let you say it <laughs> Yeah. oh my god i did not pick up on that before maybe i did and i forgot about that but that's funny i liked kai as a character i mean he was the definition of fucking chaos but yeah he's so he's he fucking hilarious though yeah right he's hilarious <laughs> he spices shit up yeah i mean he if anyone has watched the vampire Di- diaries you will know that he's kind of a little scammer he um, really ooh, <laughs> ooh. transitions <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, our topic for today, we're talking about scammer shit. If you guys have watched, if you have Netflix or Hulu or literally any streaming platform, I'm sure you've seen the influx of recent scammer-related media content. Seems like there's so many out there in the 21st century. I was literally about to be like, yeah, why are, why do people keep coming out with them? Um, because I keep watching them. Like, it's like, <laughs> I'm like, where are these all coming from? Um, Honestly, that's a good question to ask, though, because I feel like why do we really like watching them? Because it's kind of like a little morbid to watch people go through like the anguish of getting scammed and like losing so much money. I feel like I, it's like. Sorry, you can go, Shaysal. I have a theory. Um, one before that theory about the influx of them i'm i think that maybe that's going to be at least like the true crime is still going to be true crime and that is technically true crime but i think this might start being at least for some amount of time the focus of like true crime stuff which i'm here for because i do not like true crime but i've been super into these things um two which i don't know maybe nick this this is what you're gonna say too i'm sure there are a lot of reasons behind it but i feel like 
especially with the like I don't I don't watch any of those things with the intention of being like hee hee I want to see people get scammed like at all because I'm mostly <laughs> just interested in like, the psychology of it but I think I think that like it's more palatable in the sense that although a lot of people do get fucked over in a lot of these and like normal people which like isn't cool at all I think that a lot of these since they tend to be like white collar crimes it's different and it's like the victims some of the victims tend to be like you know old rich white men so it's like more palatable in that way well what i was what i was gonna say is like of like why do we like watching it i feel like also it's like it is similar to like serial killer stuff where it's like you just like want to understand like how did that happen because it is so outside of the norm that it's like i don't want to understand so i can do it or like because I'm worried it's going to happen to me because I feel like I, I don't know, some of these I'm like, damn, maybe I would fall for that. But um, anyways, I feel like it really is just like, how did, how was this able to happen? You know, just like an explanation, like, because it's like, how, like, we're not going to talk about Anna Delvey today, because she's kind of like, I feel like she, I mean, at least between us, we've talked her to death, because we were (laughs) inventing Anna fans. And I feel like it was pretty big. Um, so most people have talked about her but like with that it's like how when it's like oh my gosh she pretended to be a german heiress and scammed like big banks how like i'm just like i want to see how she did it like i'm not going to try to do that but i want to know how she did it because it's fucking insane like yeah so that's a really good point yeah yeah because it's either like are is the scammer a genius or is everyone else really stupid (laughs) right literally i feel like a lot of times it's like a mix yeah, like I agree. they do have to be their own kind of smart. I mean, this is we'll talk more about this at the end. I think Shaysaw, when you talk about the like psychopathy thing, but I feel like they have to be like their own type of smart and creative, and then find victims because like in inventing Anna, certain banks were like, no, we're not going to help you. She had to find the right person. So I think it's a mix. She has to find somebody who's going to fall for it, but she also has to be like, like I would never come up with the shit she did to scam, you know. Right. Yeah. So. Well, they are artists. <laughs> True. True. And artists of their own league. <laughs> True. Entrepreneurs. Um, <laughs> yeah. <Literally. laughs> Speaking of Anna, though, uh, we we can un- talk about this later because this is like way too much to cover in like a minute. But like, st- I literally still don't understand how she did anything. I still don't either, dude. She like, just how did she her start ass. the? Fir- how did she get the first like person the- to believe her? I don't get it because you have you can't just like come, you can't just like walk into a place and not have any sort of way to pay for something and say, oh, here we go. Let me give you a like a fake credit card. Yeah, like, I, was I don't understand about that too today because did like, she with- have actual cards that were just maxed out, or were or did she have like? literal fake numbers i think she had like a card or two that were probably maxed out and then she made friends with like rich people who would just cover the tab so that she could like get in those circles and then as she got in those circles she realized like they said that like at the beginning she paid for everything oh yeah i guess she just maxed out she was just like (laughs) let's just fucking max out get the money eventually pay it off (laughs) that's one way to do i mean that's us going into college i guess (laughs) I mean that's kind of sure. that kind of like, links into the person that I'm gonna talk about a little bit because I feel like she was kind of running a Ponzi scheme of her own. True. True. With the shit yeah. she, like I, part of my theory on Anna is that she was like probably 
finding people on i don't know apps and shit like hookup apps to get money from because i feel like how else like there were scenes where she just like would walk in with cash they never explained because i feel like they probably don't know how she even got it like when she was tipping everyone in the hotels a hundred dollars like anyways okay if anyone wants to know more about that story just go watch inventing anna there's a whole series anyway so the og scammer mr charles ponzi if you've heard of a ponzi scheme you know this man or at least his legacy (laughs) i'm picturing him like you know this man (laughs) have you seen this man i'm picturing him with like a classic mustache oh Oh, yes. no, he's literally a twink. Oh, <laughs> really? I wanna, I'm, yeah. They said he's five foot two. And like he, so, okay, so he. Short king. He came to Boston in 1903. Oh, so oh he, he does have living, a mustache in one of these. He does. He was living back in those days where you would wear like a flat cap, like a flat hat with a brim, <laughs> flat brim too. That goes all the way to around. Get they talk like this. Yeah, where they like, <laughs> lift, where they tip it off at the top of their head and yeah. they go, hello. <laughs> yeah. He was Italian, by the way. She's a broad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He looks like Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, well, he has nasty without teeth. the mustache. In this one picture, what he's well, he has nasty teeth. He pretty much was not a great person from the start. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Um, as soon as he arrived in America, I'm not sure how old he was, but it was in 1903. Um, he gambled away most of his money on the ship to America. So he arrived here with two dollars. That's and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much that is in 1903. That's probably a up. lot. Um, I think that's probably $2. like fifty bucks or a hundred bucks. Right, definitely not enough to like get you a home. So <laughs> it was. I don't know about. 6448. Wow. Perfect. King Just enough for our first meal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so after that he worked he worked at a bank that catered to Italian immigrants. It was called Bank Zarasi, which this bank went bankrupt like shortly after it was created. (laughs) Um, but the idea of a bank specifically for Italian immigrants is like the most nineteen oh three thing I've ever heard. Was it only for Italian immigrants in like a racist way, or was it? Yeah, like like, they charge like really high interest rates. (laughs) Oh, so obnoxious! Stop. That's insane. I mean, I know that should happen, but that's insane. I know him to be Italian and do that. He's like, I'm gonna fuck my own people over. Yeah, true. Okay, dick. Yeah. So, anyways, he was. He pretty much had no money after that, and he was caught using a forged check and sent to prison in Canada for three years. So nice. right off the bat, he, <laughs> he was not. Yeah, he was getting a few L's. He was not doing. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's he's down bad at this at this moment in time. For real. So once he got out, still in Canada, he started helping to smug smuggle Italian immigrants. <laughs> He smugged stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's the shorthand. Um, he was smuggling Italian immigrants across the border, which he also got caught and went to jail for another two years. Oh my god, this fucking oh, idiot! Shit. Yeah, so he's already spent a lot of his life in America in jail. Um, so by 1918, after he got out of jail, he went back to Boston. He got married, um, and then he 
One day he received a letter in the mail from a company in Spain that contained an international reply coupon, which if you're wondering what that is, because I didn't understand (laughs) what that means, um, it's basically like a coupon like stamp type deal that can be exchanged. Like it it comes from like any foreign country for mail. So you know how like you can't just, well, I guess you might be able to just put like a bunch of stamps on a letter and send it somewhere out of the country. Yeah. But you could also, like, buy this international reply coupon and, like, exchange that with any other country and, like, basically use that to put on your mail. And, like, you can buy, like, a cheap one in one country and then exchange it for a different country without paying anything extra. So he realized that you could make money by doing that. And um, basically he started... Recruiting That's such people. a classic scam. That is True. such a classic scam. Yeah, Buy I know. For cheap and resell and like <laughs> trade it in for more expensive. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like he didn't really invent shit. He just kind of made it his own. So he recruited people to work for him in other countries who would buy the international reply coupons and send them back to the states, where Charles Ponzi would exchange the coupons for stamps worth more than he paid for them, and then sell them. And so then he reportedly made more than 400% um, on some of these sales. Damn. Yeah. And I, I guess he was selling it, you know, somehow his little workers were making money. Clearly not as much as he was. Um, it is. Yeah. Sorry. I was just going to say, it is also like one of those things like with something like that, I'm like, I can't even be mad because like. Yeah, he, literally, this he's just working the system. I know, like, and, uh, yeah, like, that's not what it's meant to do, and like it's, but it's like you guys shouldn't have been made it that easy to do it, like, right? I agree. Exactly. He's just you know spotting the cracks. Yeah, for exactly. real. Yeah. So he began to seek investors to get even in his higher scheme. Profit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, literally, how this is legit business. Like, people in the 1900s were stupid if they're like, oh, I'm going to invest in somebody's like mail coupon business. <laughs> like what? In this mail fraud right like, now. <laughs> I don't like the, the U.S. Postal Service I'm pretty sure existed at this time. So like, yeah. why are we investing in a random man? <laughs> um, <laughs> so he promised his investors returns of like 50% in 45 days, which I'm like, I don't really know how that works in business, but I guess that's crazy. Um, and yeah, so it's like getting, if they gave him however much, I mean, I don't know how much investors did back then, but let's I say they know. gave him 50 grand. He's saying in a month and a half, they would have 25 grand back. Whereas usually it takes, like, as an investor, it takes, yeah, like, like, years to get right, money yeah. back. Yeah. So it's, like, yeah. that is, like, fucking insane. Yeah. So uh, classic Charles Ponzi, he paid these investors using money from new investors yeah. rather than with actual profit he had made. Um, but somehow he still was making $250,000 a day. I don't really understand. What? Back day? then? Yeah. Okay, like, I'm going to see how much that was Because that's crazy. Like, if you have that much money, why aren't you just paying people normally? Right. (laughs) Literally, it's like, why are you making your life harder at that point? Yeah. Like, that's one thing that drives you. Like, I guess that's like why people get into scamming is because they're like greedy. But it's like, oh, my God, like you could. This could last a lot longer if you just pay these people off. It's when people stop being paid that like people start getting sus. Right. Like, clearly. You need all that money. Yeah. 
Um, so he he started doing this in 1918. By 1920, his scheme was beginning to unravel. Um, the Boston Post began to investigate his returns on his business, and the investigation set off a run on his company with investors trying to you know pull their money out you know since they're being investigated um and he was eventually charged with 86 counts of mail fraud (laughs) 86 counts holy shit um he he owed an estimated seven million dollars in 1903 or 1920 money sorry he pled guilty and spent 14 years in prison (laughs) damn that actually um this, I'm not going to dive in right now, but I'm going to switch up our order because that's actually really similar to the McDonald's thing I'm going to talk about. Yeah. It's like crazy how similar. Yeah. But I, Chasel, did you look up how much the money was a day? So $250,000 in 1903 at least was worth eight million, like around $8,060,000. <laughs> what? Oh my God. And that's how much crazy. did you say that he owed? He owed $7 million. Okay. Let me see how much that was back then. And that was in 1920, though. Oh, 1920. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Today, that's worth nine, 99,300,000. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. He and he only did that in two years. years. Like, two what? years. <laughs> how, how, do you, how do you even, like, accrue that much debt? I don't know what I would yeah. do with myself to spend $99 million in two years. I, like, I could, I don't know. I would, like... You could buy literally anything that I could buy anything that I ever wanted, and it still wouldn't add up to that money. Yeah, well, that's what some of the amazing houses. Let's say, like, oh, right. eight million. Okay, yeah, I still have ninety-one buy, million like, dollars to spend. <laughs> right. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Yeah. So that's that's the OG scammer. Um, everybody has tried to live up to him and failed. Just kidding. So is but- the Ponzi scheme is like. I feel like what's the difference between that and like a pyramid scheme or are they the same? I think, I think, I think they're just like synonyms for each other. Okay. Right. Cause I think, I think what's different, I think those are synonyms and I think what can sometimes be a little different, even though typically synonymous is multi-level marketing. Um, yeah. That's an MLM, which is basically still a pyramid scheme, but I think, yeah, pyramid and Ponzi are like exactly the same thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cause it's just like recruiting other people to like bring money in and then you get a percentage, but it all just like ends up going to the person at the top. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, and like the only way to make money is by getting more people to join you pretty much. Yeah. Damn. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well that's actually, so this is the reason I'm like, okay. Cause I feel like all scams like are somewhat similar Yeah. in a sense. Cause it's like, tricking people into giving you money (laughs) um but this one's crazy similar because they used like mail and shit like that like oh so um this guy so i'm going to talk about the like monopoly mcdonald's monopoly scam um which i like it wasn't like a brand new concept to me when i like i saw it's i watched mcmillions on hbo max um and it's it wasn't like a brand new concept to be this like monopoly scam, but I really did not know anything about it. I don't know if you guys know like anything about it, but no. I feel like it's something I had like heard I of in passing. Know. But yeah, so and it happened in like the early two thousands. Oh, okay, like late nineties, early two thousands. So like we were too young, and so that's why I feel like yeah, whatever. Anyways, so there was this dude Jerome Jacob 
Jacobson and he went by Uncle Jerry because there's two Jerry's <laughs> in it in this. It's going to get confusing. <laughs> so Uncle Jerry, he's the OG that started it. He um, scammed $24 million from Monopoly or from McDonald's through the Monopoly game. Love. Over the course of like, I think it was like seven years. Oh, okay. So it was Damn. so long, but that's still 24, like he yeah. <laughs> scammed multiple millions of dollars right. out of it. Um, and so the only way he was caught was that like the FBI like got a tip and was like, um, you should probably look into the winners because they're all related. <laughs> oh. So the FBI was like, huh, and like looked at it and sure enough. And it was, they all had different last names, but they all were either like related or like they were or in the same social circle so it was like the first guy oh. that won then his like daughter's husband's mom won and then her cousin won and so it was like it wasn't like a dad and then the daughter won it still was yeah. like kind of removed but like when you like looked at the list like you could clearly see like a social web yeah um of how they were related so that's how the investigation started so um uncle jerry he actually worked he was an ex-policeman which like a cab so then he was the director of security for this thing called simon marketing and simon marketing was what printed well i guess it didn't like technically print it but it's it made the game pieces for the monopoly game for mcdonald's and this is still like mcdonald's still does this i don't know if you guys have ever like done it but it's um once a year they on your cups you can like it's like on your cups and like on a large fry and like on like certain meals like that come in boxes it's literally just like a sticky and so it's stuck onto your thing and you peel it and it will say like this is your prize oh i have seen yeah. that yeah like a free yeah. fry or yeah mm-hmm. exactly and it's it's usually like yeah you get a free fry or like next time you come in you get an extra monopoly thing like get another chance <laughs> yeah. and there's like usually like one or two one million dollar prizes and then like sports car five hundred thousand so there's like probably all in all like 10 high rolling prizes and then like millions of like the shitty prizes that's one of those things where it's like the odds of like actually getting one of those is like essentially one in zero because they're so astronomically insane that like the fraction just ends up being basically yeah, zero, zero. Yeah. shit yeah because it's one in like trillion something like you know? great odds yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> you might as well try so um so already it was like the odds were insane and then on top of that it was rigged so literally the odds were just <laughs> literally zero for seven years so um jerome jacobson he worked at that company and he, so he would steal the winning pieces. So oh. how he did it, apparently, because this was like you had to wait to the end of the documentary to figure this out because they, oh. the FBI could not figure out how he did. They knew he was doing it, but they were like, how did he do it? Because those are like million dollar. Yeah, like how the hell do you I was know like, that it's the winning one? Well, because he, you see him like on the outside isn't it, isn't it like so it was before up? it was compiled because it has to be printed oh. as two separate ones oh and then it goes through another factory to like stick them together oh, I just smacked oh. to stick them together and then those get slapped on shit so he stole them from the very very beginning when they got 
printed. But so that's how the FBI was like, how did he, they couldn't figure it out until he told them because they were like, how did he manage to like get these tickets without being caught? Because like, that's literally a million dollars. So like, how did not anybody could just walk up and take it? Even the director of security. So what it was, was they would be in a briefcase and he and this one other chick had there were like two locks on the briefcase and he had one combo and she had another and somehow he figured out hers probably just like breathing down her neck watching her put it in or something like because to me I would be kind of secretive but if it was like with the director of mark of security I wouldn't yeah. be like I still would be like don't look but I wouldn't like you know right be really paranoid so he got hers and then they were like traveling with the briefcase and he went to the bathroom and he brought it with him like casually and he so he had brought a ton of like he was like okay I'm gonna steal four like two million dollar ones and like a five hundred thousand one in a car one so he brought four of the like lame ass ones like free fry so that there was the same number of tickets in the envelope as he came with so people would just see that there was the right number they wouldn't like look really closely and so then he had those tickets so then what he would do is he would sell them to people. Um, let me see. I can't remember how much he's. I think he's. Oh, yeah. So he um, would sell them like he did. One of the game pieces was 200000 He gave it to like his butcher for 45000 and so he got $45,000 like straight. And then the butcher turned it in for 200000 And the thing is with these winnings i don't know if like everybody knows this like i didn't know this until i got older but like when you win something like that you get paid in installments you don't get it all at once so like you get like probably with two hundred thousand, you probably get like twenty thousand a year or something for 10 years so then he also would get like a portion of the yearly payments so it was like you were like in debt to this guy for like 10 years or however long so he started it in 1995 and then it went until 2001 is when he got caught so six years yeah um so he ended up like bringing in other people so he brought in another jerry that was like part of the italian mob (laughs) oh and so he literally (laughs) like conjunction with the fucking mob and so the two of them then would like they would pick who got it each year and they would like sell it um and so for the like for the one million dollar one they had to pay a hundred thousand dollars cash like up front which was like how do you just have a hundred thousand dollars to like pay so like one chick one chick she was like i feel so bad for this woman this was like the friend of italian mob jerry's wife um she was like a single mom and like really struggling so she was like hell yeah i want that so like she like took out like loans and shit to get the hundred thousand dollars to get it from him and then um so some other have, chick she would have to pay him like they were making this like a business is that what you're saying yeah so, so she like, would okay. have to pay him the hundred thousand dollars to get the one million dollar ticket and then she would also have to yearly on the like one million payments have to give him a portion of it. So that's how they were making money. So it ended up being like there's like layers and layers and layers. It's so convoluted. But basically the way he got caught was um, this one chick also like got it, but she got it through Jerry, not Uncle Jerry. And so Jerry, after like a year or two, he was collecting payments like uncle jerry was like yeah it was like a pyramid scheme like she would pay jerry and then jerry would pay uncle jerry some and then jerry like died 
And so, oh my god, is it funny? But she fucking died. <laughs> but so she's like, I'm in so much debt because she like was paying him money she didn't have. She was like hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And so she like contacted the IRS and like told them because she's like, I oh my, god. I can't. Like she's like, I'd rather just tell them I can't get out of this. Like yeah. I'm, and so nobody knows who was the FBI informant, but like. They like people think it was like the IRS then told the FBI, but the FBI was like, we didn't work with the IRS. Like you would have seen the IRS involved in this if they were part of it because they like because they're also a government agency. So like nobody knows who the informant was except in the documentary, Jerry, Italian mob Jerry's brother thinks that it was Italian mob Jerry's mom who blew the whistle because Italian mom Jerry's wife was like also kind of involved and they had a kid together and Italian mom Jerry's mom wanted custody of the kid and didn't want the wife to have it. So she's like, I'm just going to fucking blow the whistle on everybody and you can't get the kid and I'll get it. But so it was like messy. And also at one point Italian mom Jerry's wife was like so fed up with the whole scam. Like she was like, fuck this. I'm going to like leave. I don't want to be with jerry anymore and she like called uncle jerry to be like can you come pick me up because they were like close and uncle jerry was like yeah you married the wrong man like will you marry me and she was like no (laughs) (laughs) so she was like god damn it like i can't get out of this now because they both want to fucking marry like i married one the other one wants to marry me so then she told like italian mob jerry that uncle jerry did that and that was like close to when uncle Italian mom Jerry died and so there's also like a theory that Italian mom Jerry like threatened Uncle Jerry and Uncle Jerry got him killed oh. because because his car got hit that had the wife and the son in it which is actually really sad and the son oh, was yeah. fine and the wife was fine and Italian mom Jerry they thought was fine but he was like a really big guy and he had internal bleeding and oh, he ended no. up like so they caught it too late so they think like people are like it could have been a hit to like knock them all out because the wife was also like going to be a whistleblower and that ended up being that guy's mom so <laughs> he got caught in 2001 Damn. by what they did was they ran one last monopoly game oh they purposely God. like didn't stop it and they ran it one last time so that they could follow him and like the other people they knew were involved and like catch them in the act of like selling the tickets so they got like video and like audio of them talking about and selling the tickets so they had like a ton of evidence <sighs> and then um yeah they had like wiretaps and stuff like that so then they got him and seven of his accomplices in august of 2001 and then uncle jerry uh was sentenced in 2003 to 37 months in prison and had $12.5 million in restitution to pay. And so Ooh. he's still in prison and still paying those off. And he refused to do an interview for the thing. But so that's why I was like, I feel like it's really similar to the, like the OG Ponzi scheme because, oh, so that's another thing. The reason that the FBI was able to like do shit and be he was federally charged is because they sent stuff, they faked addresses and sent stuff sent the tickets to fake um fake addresses for these people so it was mail fraud so he ended up like that was like how the federal government could deal with it was because it was mail fraud because a lot of the people were in florida but to spread it out they made fake addresses in other states 
Damn. So, yeah. So that's why I got it. I was like, geez, this guy, he was just like, Ponzi's my hero. Let's fucking go. No, for real. This so. shit is elaborate as fuck. I mean, obviously, like, it makes sense for a scam this big. It needs to be elaborate, but it's just like actually hearing the details is like, holy shit. This is like a whole I, business. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I hope that made sense because I realized, it, like I said, it was like six episodes and each episode was like 50 minutes. So, and it was like, it didn't feel like they dragged anything out. Like yeah. it literally like it's like I need all of this. So if you guys are interested, it, it was pretty I, good. I think it was more on the law like law enforcement side than on the scammer side, the way like the inventor and like inventing Anna were. So if that doesn't I don't know how interested in that aspect of it you guys are, but it still is. I mean, like they interview like the wife and like other people involved in the scam and victims of it and stuff like that. Like it is like a really well done documentary. It's just like just so your expectations are ready. It's they also interview like the FBI guys that were doing it and like Mm. they explain their process of catching him, which I thought was really cool. But hopefully all that made sense. Yeah, because um, yeah. No, it yeah. definitely did. Uh, there was a lot of information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that so, guy yeah. is. Um, I'm gonna look honestly, him up. I want to like, see a picture. I saw a quick picture of him. It was Jerome was Jacobson. Is his full name? Yeah. He really looks like just like a regular, like old white guy. Oh yeah, he's like an average Joe. Yeah. Oh, and while oh my god, while yeah. he was while he was fucking scamming, his wife was an active cop. <laughs> Oh, was she like on the case? She, she, that would make it like soap opera. No, she didn't know. She knew that he somehow was like involved in like some sketchy shit, but she didn't know he was blatantly stealing the tickets. She just knew that he was kind of like involved in somehow, but I think it was very much like, I don't want to know. Yeah. You know, and so she she didn't know anything and they're like divorced now. She was like he was a piece of shit. So, <laughs> um, but I think it was purposefully like she knew something was going on and kind of was like leave me out of it. I don't, you know, I don't want to know anything about it. But I think if she had known he was like blatantly stealing and like literally like puppet mastering the whole thing, it sounded like she would have done something. You know, that's how she, when she was talking, she was like, "Oh, I had no idea like the scale of it. Like I was completely stunned." damn damn he did it that same way every time how did they like not think that was sketchy as fuck that's literally that's i mean again why i find scam stuff interesting it's like how did nobody catch this right people just really like aren't skeptical maybe like maybe it's the older generation thing but like there's so many scams where younger people are getting scammed now too so i don't know yeah I feel especially confused by like the even that one's pretty recent, but just the more even the more recent ones too, like more so more, more recent ones like Anna Delvey and like Elizabeth Holmes and stuff. Especially Anna Delvey because hers was like it started really recently. Cause I think it was like 2017 maybe when it started. That shit yeah. is even more surprising to me because like y'all have been through scams already. Like in your yeah. still like like that's because like for example the McDonald's thing like. I mean, in theory, it wouldn't happen again, you know, because like they know, and yet there are these other avenues in which they could still happen, which is like crazy to me. I, I would think that they had it all figured out already, at least for the most part. Yeah. Well, I think too. What's interesting, and then we should go on to Shaysel saying it because it's getting late. But um, the thing about Anna Delby or like this McDonald's thing, I think what it is is it's they find new 
environments True. or something like or like a new so like basically like the influencer like high class prevalent on social media just like famous for being famous and rich was like still like newer like it still is newer but like that's like so I feel like newer like corners of the market like that are easier to infiltrate because they haven't sussed out all these things like you can't go and like scam in the computer world like I mean nfts or something different but like you can't go and scam like building a computer or something because like people have figured all that out you know because they've scammed (laughs) so yeah i feel like that kind of relates to elizabeth (laughs) building a computer no for real okay it does okay so bear with me all this is definitely i mean maybe not but it feels like it's about to be all over the place because my brain is mush right now and i have a really (laughs) bad headache but okay so I don't know if like, I mean, I know you guys know about Elizabeth Holmes. I don't know how, I don't know how well known she actually is. Definitely more so now that they're, they have this show out on Hulu, which Jill and I have been watching called The Dropout. And there's going to be a movie in the future with Jennifer Lawrence. And that movie was confirmed back in 2019 because I've listened to podcasts from 2019 talking yeah. about the movie. And let me see what it's going to be called. And Jennifer Lawrence is playing her in it. That's so weird. Like, do we really need another I know. Thing. I'm surprised with that. I don't know what came first. Like, I'm assuming the movie idea came first, but then I don't really know how they were allowed to make the show, too. Hold up. Maybe and it's it got be... canceled and they made the show instead. But I think, like, I don't think it is. Like, I saw something about about it. Let me look up the director, because I know it's Adam McKay, who I'm pretty sure is the one that directed Don't Look Up, which, boo, tomato, tomato. I hate that movie. Yeah. <laughs> boo, tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah so it's it's still happening because there's an article that came out in january saying that jennifer lawrence is working on an elizabeth helms voice also it's called bad blood <laughs> oh my god okay so and now we got bad blood <laughs> that's what i thought of too i immediately thought of that too honestly that name i mean it makes sense given her scam but also i'm like <gasps> was that a little too music real. video about theranos <gasps> Wow. Oh my god. It was part of Theranos. Did it come out? Is there like fighting in an office Maybe not when things got worse. Okay. So basically, for those who don't know, Elizabeth Holmes is this female entrepreneur uh, that created... She wanted to create this... Actually, let me give you some history on this woman. So first of all, from what I've seen in this show and the documentary and things I've read about her, she seems like someone who was very antisocial and by that, I don't mean like doesn't talk to people, but like, you know, doesn't have social skills and doesn't really pick up on social cues and such. And so she went to Stanford. She prides herself, or at least in this show, they made it seem this way. She prides herself in the fact that she dropped out of that school. While she was at that school, she really wanted to work in a lab with like a grad student lab, which was a freshman. And they were like, no, like you're a freshman, go do freshman things, go party, whatever. And she's like, no, because she figured something out, they let her in the lab. She's in the lab and she has some idea. I think her original idea was something about creating boss some- bitch. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Girl boss. Um, some <laughs> patch where you could diagnose someone and also administer therapy, like pharmaceutical therapy or something. And that's why she came up with the name uh Theranos, which is the name of her company. And that's it's supposed to be a mixture of diagnose and therapy. And actually on the podcast I was, I was wondering, that. I was like, what is this like fucking superhero ass name? I know. Literally on the podcast I was uh t- listening to, they were talking about how someone I think 
someone who like knows Latin or studies Latin or something was talking about how it's such a poor choice of that term. I don't know if, if I don't know if it's in Latin where this means this, but Thanos, which I I thought they were gonna say make a Marvel reference. I only know of Thanos through Marvel, but they said that like it sounds like Thanos, which it does, and Thanos means death. So like like why would you choose that for like a medical company? So Oh my god. Yeah. When she's at Stanford, she thinks this idea. She goes talk to this like female professor who's a professor in the medical school and she thinks like, hell yeah, it's a woman. She'll understand what it's like to be a woman in STEM, whatever. And then at least how they portrayed her in this show. Like it definitely, you know, she was definitely harsh when when Elizabeth went to present her story to her or her idea to her. She was like you know what, like we we all have big dreams, but it's not going to happen type of shit. And Elizabeth takes that as more motivation to go do something. So she decides to Which, drop out. Can I just say, yes. in, they interviewed that professor in the documentary that I watched about this. And the professor was like, she came back three times. And I kept telling her like, this just physically is not possible. Like it literally, you cannot do what you want to do. Like you just literally, she's like, I'm not... I'm not trying to demotivate you. You just cannot do this. So by the third time she came back, I was like, I don't know what you want me to tell you. I think you should like, I don't think you actually want criticism. I think you want somebody to tell you to like, go do it. So I think you need to go find somebody else. Okay. That makes sense. I watched that like, a while ago. So I, remember- I like that. Fair. Yeah, no, I like that. Cause even that, even in this, like knowing what Elizabeth did, I was like, okay, fair, but yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll speed up the story. So that's some background on her. She, oh, also I need to give the, quick background on this guy she like had i don't know if they're still together had this like boyfriend guy and they met when she was on some some like study abroad type of trip right before her freshman year at stanford and he was some like he was some i think maybe he looks like he was in his 30s or like yeah late 30s maybe early 40s maybe when she was a freshman and they like he was on this program like in the same place that she was at and they were kind of hitting it off in a friendly way and then eventually developed into something more but she always kept him a secret and he's important because when he becomes a part of the company he becomes like a high up position i don't know the term but it's like she was a ceo so not ceo but basically like the one afterwards because he helped invest in it and everything so her idea eventually when that other idea she i guess she realized isn't going to work the whole therapy and diagnose patch thing she decides to come up with this this machine like thing where you can test your blood for like i think you could test it for like 20 to 30 different tests and it's just with a with like a prick of a finger it was 200 yeah there's 200 tests that's why people are like this literally does not fucking like no it doesn't it can't do that like there's no space in this (laughs) tiny box you want to put it in Chiselle has her mouth agape right now. No, after literally, yeah. holy yeah. shit! Yeah, like in general, with the the amount of blood that comes, I I already knew that it was absurd with the prick of a finger like that blood, but that is especially yeah. absurd. So wow, that's why it's like this. Oh, God. Like, what yeah, are you saying? Going. Yeah, so she creates. The, <laughs> she wants to create this. She drops out of Stanford to work on to like start this business or whatever. Um, and she somehow gets a bunch of investors along the way. Like she convinces them that they're just, they're working on it. They're a startup company. And she convinces a lot of, there was at least the way they're portraying it in this show, there was a lot of kind of manipulation via using the whole, we're a startup and we're new and you need to get with it, old people type of thing. And it's like, we're going to disrupt the system. We're going to disrupt big pharma with their labs like Quest and LabCorp <laughs> and other companies. Breaking the status quo. Yeah, for real. And that was used frequently because then investors, again, at least how it's portrayed on this show, were like, you know, do you want, like, when they're convincing other investors, like, do you want to 
get like left behind like we have to get literally with gas, it. like gatekeep girl boss for real no yeah. literally literally so whatever moving forward like a, a lot of a lot of investment shit going on that's like how the hell is she getting investment but at least makes a slightly in the beginning more sense to Anna Delvey because it's like okay she technically does have a product like they're working on it they, they can at least say that it's they need the funding because science needs the funding before the results come which we know is a big issue with getting funding in the first place because like companies want to rush science when it can't be rushed so she one of like the first things that happens is they go to they go to like geneva or something or so convention in europe where she's like going to present to investors for the first time and the machine isn't working it worked one time before they left they're like hell yeah it works and they go one time and then you go and show it to people yeah one time and they can't get it to work so she decides do we still? Have, she she asked like one of her scientists. Do we still have the data from the time that it worked? And they did. So then they sent that over from the U.S. to there to present it with the fake data, and that proceeded to happen many many times throughout the years. She would consistently put out false data. Eventually, they used they started using a seismic a seismic machine. I think is what it's called. I think it's is, Siemens. Oh, Siemens. Okay. A Siemens. Yeah, it's S-I-E. <laughs> well, okay. Well, a Siemens machine, and uh, which is like an actual well-established blood testing machine. And they would, they just like stuck a label on it. So they would basically. <laughs> literally. Was, no, literally, literally. She was able to get like Walgreens and everything to invest in her. And obviously with time, they were all pressuring her more and more into like, okay, where's the product? Because nice. They're like, where's the product? Because they still imagine like investing for years and they still haven't even seen a prototype. Like they're not allowed in the labs <laughs> or anything. Like they're not allowed that's, in the labs. That's the gatekeep part of for real. Yeah. For no, real. literally, she makes everyone sign an NDA when they step into the building. Like literally, like, several, and several NDAs, several NDAs, <laughs> and they can't. No one in the different departments can talk to each other at all because if you talk to each other, then like naturally, people like that's what people start to realize. Oh shit, this is sus. As if like signing that many NDAs isn't sus enough, and not being able to talk to your coworkers. So like yeah. each department couldn't be associated with the other one. And when they eventually got into Walgreens and stuff, and it was actually put out there in the real world to use, they were actually testing. So I thought for a second, still a scam, still fucked up. But I thought, okay, at least if they're using that real machine, the Siemens machine, whatever, they were using that real one. I need to see how how this is actually pronounced. I need to know really quick if they're using that. Uh, real machine that a test of blood i thought still a scam but at least the test is like the blood test is still accurate right well no because they only had a pinprick of blood which that machine can't use because that isn't actually possible so they would just water down the solution so people were getting back <laughs> these results like actual like, that's like, literally not how it works i like, know just scientifically i know, it's not I how know. It works. No, nikki the way that they talk about it in the show that like the one girl who actually is like a good person and an actual scientist who doesn't falsify data she's like why are we doing that and they're like that's just what we do here don't question it don't yeah, ask us um, rules here yeah we they're like we actually the just uh, the, i forgot what the one guy was saying when she was still like working with the wallows guy but he's like oh that's just like what we do we actually just falsified the data <laughs> Um, yeah, that's and all. he's like, he's like, we do, we delete outliers. We don't. He's like, that's just what we do here. We delete outliers on our data. Yeah, and she was like, so outli- outliers are anything that doesn't like match with your data or what you wanted to. And they were like, 
yep, that's an outlier. Like they basically said that we're redefining outliers um, in our life. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Uh, literally. <laughs> but uh, in the documentary, they were interviewing an ex like lab tech and she was saying Elizabeth Holmes would bring in like investors or like previous investors or future investors and like show them the fucking box she had. That was like the box was probably like the size of like a computer, like a literal computer, like not the monitor, but like a computer, but like a little fatter. And she would be like, okay, pin prick, hee hee, we're going to run it and then take them on a tour. And during the tour, the people would like run and get like actual <laughs> lab results from a real machine and then run back and like pretend it was from that machine by the time they circled around. Like literally they were just like blatantly lying. Like, oh God. It's such, I mean, obviously any of this is unprofessional, but like the whole having to run around to do that and like having to use a different machine, it's just any scams unprofessional, but this is just like a, a whole other level of unprofessional. Like what, what is this? Like, what are you doing? And it went on for so long. So yeah, so that was happening. I'm trying to think of where I, where I was in like the general span of things. Walgreens and yeah, they were watering down yeah, the blood. Before Walgreens, her first human trial was with... I think it was in a hospice center. So it was with cancer patients. She tested people with cancer and I think that they all had terminal cancer. So I don't know if in some fucked up way she justified it in that way. I don't know if she thought, oh, they're going to die. So like, does it matter? I don't know. Cause that would make it so, I'd honestly rather have her not even thought about that. That would make it so much worse, but yeah. So she tested on that and people, when they realized that some people from her job were like, what the fuck? And the ones that knew like left and stuff. And anyway, so that goes on for many years and something there were a lot of a lot of shitty things happened. A lot of people in that company. But like something that's really tragic is one of the scientists that was there from the beginning that created the patents because also all of the patents included her name. But that doesn't make sense because she wasn't actually doing the science of anything. So even if she owned the company, that doesn't mean that she created the patent, but her name would be on it. And part of what the scientists couldn't say because of the NDAs, they couldn't say that she didn't actually work on the science, but she was still on there. And uh, the scientist, Ian, I don't remember his last name. He eventually, he was put in a position. Jill, do you remember? Like, I, I know what happened. I mean, I know what happened to him, but I also, like, and I remember what happened legally, but I can't remember what the combination of things was. Like, what what led it to that moment legally? Do you remember? Legally? So I think it was just that he, like, didn't want to testify because then I don't know. I don't think he would, like, be able to I work would- anymore. I can't remember what he was um, being. Fuck. What's the term when the court was being subpoenaed by that other guy? He he was being subpoenaed on like a case against like this is when they were starting to get sus. Yeah. This is when they were starting to get sus. So he got subpoenaed and he was like, I can't say anything about it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he got. So that's what it was. I was trying to figure out what made him get involved in anything legal. But yeah, he got subpoenaed, and he was like, "Oh my god!" There was just absolute. So many people got fucked over in absolutely god awful ways. Like there was just no way for him to get out of it because he either like addressed the subpoena and like gave and gave them whatever information he had, and then he would get sued by by Theranos. Is that how you pronounce it? Or is it Theranos? It's Theranos, right? I think it's Theranos. Okay. He'd get sued by Theranos and he didn't have the money for that. Or he would, I don't know what the other option would be. Lie on the stand. Oh, lie on the stand. Right. So it's like he. Which like he could get arrested, go to jail. Yeah. There was literally nothing this man could do and he killed himself. 
which is really, 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 really tragic. It's really yeah. sad. And yeah, that Elizabeth. In the documentary, the wife of him was saying, like, Elizabeth Holmes never, like, contacted them or anything. That's so said anything. That's so Yeah, the way that they showed her reacting in the fiction, well, fictionalized a little bit, the dramatized TV show was, like, fucked up, too. Right. She's like, yay, we won now. Yeah. His name is Ian Gibbons. But, Mm. yeah, like, she, for a moment, at least in this fictional biopic version they you know it's in her eyes you can see for a second like oh shit like he died because of me kind of thing for a second which like i was like okay maybe she is slightly human and then but then like almost immediately after you saw this switch in her like said amanda cypherin's acting of her and she was like we won because then there were there was like no he was one that subpoenaed he's no longer there to give the information so they don't have to worry about that so it's just so so fucked on so many levels and little by little over the years she did as this like more things came came to light with how sus it was she started like losing investments and getting lawsuits and stuff and i'm just i want to see exactly when okay so she became subject of investigation through wall street journal in 2015 uh some partnerships start to fall through after that happens. Walgreens pulls back in 2016. 2016, Theranos voids two years of blood test. Oh, damn. 2016, her net worth revised to $0 and she loses. Oh, she loses its re- retail partner, Walgreens. So officially she lost it. Banned from running labs. Oh, my God. They created another device that I know about this in 2016 called the Mini Lab. <laughs> she's and like well maybe created another device they never even created a first oh, well, one no right right <laughs> Literally. later on walgreens sues them uh more oh. lab inspections are failed whatever blah 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 and then finally in march of 2018 and this is after some lawsuits already she's finally charged with massive fraud i don't know what exactly it was that was finally like the thing that got it i mean there was evidence accumulating over the years do you guys know or remember I can't remember. I think it was just like they just finally had like enough to actually like prosecute her. One thing I was going to say about how you're saying they failed lab like I'm sure they failed like lab safety stuff. One of the guys who worked there he was like yeah we would put in the like tiny little vial of blood in there and the like thing was so jank it would, it would like it would just break the vial break the glass yeah. would so <laughs> have to reach in yeah. where the blood and the broken glass was with no gloves or any safety equipment and like pull it out. Yeah. With, like, he was like, like hepatitis like, was just waiting in there for us. <laughs> no, literally, and like literal, like like patients with syphilis and shit, like had yeah. blood in that, and like, oh god, just just so fucked. So, yeah. Um. Yeah. Also, I'm pretty sure I think well, uh, the series hasn't ended yet because it's coming out weekly. But I'm pretty sure that that the Wallows guy and and his little lab partner who like discovered this stuff go to the news like the newspaper. Yeah, they're the whistleblowers. Yeah, so I think yeah. that how she probably got caught was like this story came out, and then that people, would make like, sense. Stuff people probably started looking into her. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because that the 2015 Wall Street Journal investigation was probably oh, that, okay, yeah. and then everything followed after that. So yeah, now she is January of 2022. She's found guilty of 11 federal charges, um, but actually in 2021 her trial was delayed because oh, so December of 2020 her trial is delayed because of COVID. March of 2021, it's delayed because she's pregnant. 
Oh, what? Is, the fact that she, and then she gave birth in July, I guess. That's insane. She should not have a child. Just like a lot of She got pregnant people, in prison? <laughs> I don't think she was. She must have not been in prison she yet. She was, yeah, probably out on, out on bail. Yeah. On bond or whatever. Yeah. So then her trial started August of last year. Jury started deliberating her, deliberating her fate December of 2021. And then January of 2022 this year, she was found guilty on four of 11 federal charges. Let me, I'll just say quickly what she was uh, found guilty on. Holmes is found guilty of one count of conspiracy to defraud investors as well as three wire fraud counts. Wow, Anna Delvey, who tied to specific <laughs> investors. She is not found guilty on three additional charges concerning defrauding patients and one charge of conspiracy to defraud patients. Um, Damn. She faces up to 20 years in prison as well as a fine of 250000 plus restitution for each count. Okay. So she that, has the sentencing not happened yet? No, that is the sentencing, isn't it? No, I, think, I mean like do you mean like her the sentencing would be like she, up to yeah yeah the sentencing see. would be her actual jail time she's gonna serve. Let me see. Obviously, we don't have time for the psychopathy test thing. Um, we like had briefly discussed for listeners that maybe like talking about these scammers and like assessing them from not like there was like a diagnostic criteria for psychopaths because that's not a disorder, but you know from what we know about psychopathy and psychopathic behavior wanted to assess that and because i wouldn't say my verdict on that i wouldn't say she's like a whole ass psychopath but she does exhibit some tendencies and i would say something that i've realized with all the scammers that you guys mentioned this one anna delvey and so many others i think that one thing that they all for sure have is this sounds obvious but like in a clinical way it's like oh shit yeah some sort of like definitely some complex like a grand a sense of grandiosity and like a narcissist. I was gonna say like narcissism yeah yeah because it's it's their self of like their their sense of self-importance and they're like I'm not even a scientist but I'm gonna create this thing you know like yeah and just like thinking like they could do no wrong and there's no yeah. way I'll get caught and right like all that kind of shit exactly yeah. okay I'm she well something else another article says she faces up to 80 years behind bars but th- this article looks sus it's called I mean, she's kind Mercury of like News. even more fucked up for getting pregnant right before i, was I agree say, that's, that's, that's sounds intentional. like i know that's really fucked up like that that's poor really kid. fucked up yeah like great she's uh se- she's sentenced nine months after the guilty verdict so she remains free on bond till september and faces up 20 years in prison how that's so fucking stupid how the judge the judicial system works like what they're like okay we found out you're guilty but like we'll just wait till the end of the year to let you know if you how long you're gonna go to jail for it just literally makes no sense also but this says but experts say she will likely receive far fewer than 20 years which yeah unfortunately probably yeah i I feel like she's gonna get like four or five i agree max like seven i feel i agree and probably like she's a a pretty white woman yeah yeah. I mean, if, to some people, I guess. She's a handsome woman. <laughs> she's a um, she's a woman. <laughs> That's as Jill, much as you, a descriptive we'll give. <laughs> Jill, did you want to tell your thing, or do you want to wrap it up? Because it's um, late. No, it's okay. It, it was just like a little story about this woman who basically got scammed by her employer, who. This girl is like a CEO who has a book and a podcast and all this shit. And like they were like censoring the name, but like showing a little bit of the word at the bottom. So you could clearly see what it was saying. 
And I <laughs> looked up who it is. Like, I know who this person is now. And who yeah, I guess she did the scamming. Who did the scamming? Um, she. The quick story is that she lured like women of color to work for her like during all the Black Lives Matter stuff in June 2020 and had them like join her podcast network and write articles for her about like being a black woman and working in different environments and like leadership and just like being a little girl boss and all this shit. And she didn't pay anyone and then disappeared without paying anyone. Yeah. And they're all women of color and she's white. So, Jesus it's Christ! So fucked up. Yeah, it's so fucked. Yeah, damn. <sighs> These people, shitty ass people. Yeah, I don't fucking know. Like, part of me is like, you know, uh, good for you. Because, uh, so part of the trick mirror essay that I was reading that's about all these scams, it's like, Part of us wants to be like that and like achieve those same things because there is like no other way to do that now in this in 21st century capitalism. Like you're either born into wealth or you get lucky right or now. you scam. That's how you make how you get to be a millionaire in our True, though. culture now. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it is like the times that I'm like, you know what? Good for you is when like. Like I was saying with like Ponzi, like just working the system, like the McDonald's thing, if he only scammed McDonald's, I'd be like, hell yeah. But that he like got the other people involved and like that woman was like so in debt to him and stuff. That's when it's like, fuck you. If you're going to like, if you're going to scam a corporation, like Like, go ahead. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I know. It's the fact that it's always accompanied by fucking over normal people that do not deserve any of that. Yeah. Yeah damn no, i agree i'm just relating everything in my mind to vampire diaries right oh, my god. oh my god I'm like what are you relating like it every to? time that stefan and damon killed someone that didn't deserve it true <laughs> true though they scammed they just them ate them out of their life <laughs> i mean pretty much because they can just they compel people yeah. magically they to like give them, them shit <laughs> so they did nikki you're right damn wow well does anyone have anything else to add I do not. No, I'm good. I'm gonna scam someone tomorrow. Yeah. What should I do tomorrow? <laughs> it's a project. Comment <laughs> below. What scams should we try? <laughs> we're entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah, we're girl bossing for real. Um. Okay. Well, I guess that's it for this episode, everyone. Um. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify every other Tuesday and check us out on twitter and instagram that's kind of wavy tell your friends and give us a big smooch for give us a big smooch for real and (laughs) please give us i don't think you can write reviews on spotify still which i said last time but at least rate us on spotify and if you would like rate us on rate definitely rate us on apple Podcasts. also leave a review please yeah do all that yes yay (laughs) Bye. Bye.